Should I start off with my signature? Hey everyone. Yes, was that it or are you? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Hi. What's my signature? Welcome to the Define Beauty Podcast. That's my signature? I think so. That's so boring. I think you say something different each time. Yeah. You always do a cute intro and I'm just like, hey everyone. <laughs> um, but I switched I it. I love when people imitate themselves. <laughs> it's like, hey everyone. Like, you obviously don't sound like that because you just said it normal. Well, you know how like it's really popular on Instagram when you get on your story and you're like, hey guys. Hey guys, just wanted to jump on here real quick. Everyone's been asking me about my skincare routine, which actually nobody's ever asked me about. But <laughs> Kim, what is your skincare routine? Oh, finally. <laughs> I'll tell you. Don't tell us here. Tell us on your Instagram story. Okay. The, the fans have requested. <laughs> uh, so this week's episode gives me the chills, and I think I cried four times in the interview. <laughs> Not even in a postpartum way. Like It was subtle, though. You won't hear it. I it saw the beautiful. tears in your eyes, and I think I averted. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to cry right now. It was really cool, and just how everything aligned with the episode was really cool, and I think you're really going to be inspired by this incredible woman. Yes, as we were. To kick off the episode, we're talking spring cleaning. Ooh, hot topic. So I want to know... As we sit in my cluttered office. (laughs) (laughs) Two things you're spring cleaning. So one category is like physical, like a place you're cleaning or whatever. And the other category is emotional. So some things you're getting rid of to clean for spring. Okay. So just barely cleaned out my closet and... Oh, yeah. Big undertaking. I threw out a bunch of maternity clothes, clothes that don't fit anymore, clothes that I haven't worn. You know how you have that section in your closet that it's like the back of the closet that you think you're always going to use it for something and you never do? (laughs) What if there's some event where I have to dress up like a hippie? That's things that I think about. (laughs) No, really. I'm like, what if I'm on the train in Paris and I need to wear this top with ruffles? (laughs) It's never happened. (laughs) Actually, never been on a train in Paris. Yeah. No, I have such a hard time getting rid of things. But when I do, I always feel so much lighter. Always. That's how this was. I cleaned out the closet, had a bunch of stuff. Uh, that I was able to give to some of my friends that are pregnant right now because maternity clothes are hard to find. So gave those away. And then a lot of the extra clothes um, I donated to a local women's shelter. And I thought that was kind of a cool experience. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really fun. Now you're emotional. Spring cleaning. So emotionally spring cleaning, the idea that I have to make everyone happy around me. And I tend to be a people pleaser at times. And I, when I can sense that I'm with somebody that maybe isn't loving something like a direction that I'm going, or um, if like I'm in a group, I always try to be like the peacemaker, the mediator. And it is really stressful and it leaves me feeling kind of anxious sometimes. And so I'm just letting go of it. Like, I'm just going to let people be and interact with one another the way that they naturally need to interact, and I'm going to interact in the way that um, I feel is necessary and take it or leave it. That I am the exact same way, and it's like if I think someone's unhappy with me, there's a lot of subconscious stress. 
even if I don't feel like I did something wrong, I let that eat away at me. Mm-hmm. And I want to let that go so bad too. So it's like, I can be confident in myself and not worry. And as long as I'm confident in myself and my actions, I'm not letting other people's thoughts get to me. Yeah. Easier said than done, for sure. Yes, but a great, great thing to let go. Yeah. So what are you spring cleaning? Well, I need to spring clean everything. So (laughs) my apartment, my closet, I got a new car, so I need to clean out the old car. (laughs) That (laughs) definitely accumulated a lot of random things. So I need to do just an entire sweep. So when I get back from my trip, that's priority number one as far as emotional spring cleaning um I've been feeling a lot of that same energy lately and so I just want to live um I just want a little more control over my life I think so I need to stop giving it to other people and giving it a little bit more to what I truly want and need that's beautiful tell us what you guys are spring cleaning emotionally and physically on the instagram at define beauty underscore borboletta um and now we'll just give a quick introduction to our guest today we found her on instagram her instagram is at journey of a braid she worked with glamour she's from mexico um so she's been a consultant for glamour she's worked with lots of beauty brands yes i'm just looking at her page right now she is she's stunning but when you hear her story she is she radiates beauty from within i mean she's just absolutely incredible and her story it left me feeling so uplifted and inspired it was one of those moments where it's like my life is better because i met this person yeah, she's an artist and a connector and philanthropist. She has a charity called Fashion for Good. Yep, and I think she's just on the same wavelength as us. So enjoy the interview and let us know what you think. Hey everyone, this is a really fun episode. We are actually filming almost right on the beach. I'm looking out of our uh, hotel room at the Atlantic Ocean um, we are here in Miami. It's beautiful. <laughs> and we're here with Danielle. Yes, and I'm super excited to be a part of this project. I love when we unite regardless of wherever we live or whatever project we're working on. Yes, it's... and Danielle looks like a modern-day um, Wonder Woman. Slash yeah. Frida Kahlo. The yes. One. yes! Oh my god, that's an amazing fusion. <laughs> So you will see pictures of her on our Instagram, but she's wearing this amazing red. What do you call that? This is like my my superhero cape. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Very powerful. And you have a eyelash ring. I noticed. Oh, cute. Yes. So cute. Yeah. Was that planned For or just energies. coincidence? No, it was coincidence actually. And it's funny because I hadn't worn it in a while. I do believe that there it was, was calling you. There are messages. I agree. Over. Yeah, we're we, very spiritual. We felt the same way. <laughs> so we'll start with our three questions with you. What is your must-have beauty product right now? For me, I love using the aloe vera leaf. You know, like just a piece of aloe vera. I keep one oh, yeah. in my kitchen. And every night before I go to bed, I cut it. And I, I take a little bit of it and just put it all over my face. Oh, wow. And it really brings good results because usually I have um, mixed skin mm-hmm. so I get a lot of pimples mm-hmm. and that 
saves me from that's so cool everything and from wrinkles it's really good oh that's who knew? brilliant the only time i've used aloe vera is like if i get a really bad sunburn <laughs> It does work miracles for that, though. I'm telling you, and it fixes itself. So yeah. you cut it, and immediately it will sort of seek catrice on the seed. That's so, so cool. That's, that, that should be a cue for all of Are us. Are they hard plants to take care of? Not at all. No, I, I literally buy it at the supermarket. It's $2. It's I my $2 beauty plants. routine. <laughs> I'm, like, mesmerized right now because your skin's so beautiful. Thank and you. you're telling us that, oh, yeah, I just go to the supermarket, grab a $2 <laughs> aloe vera, and... Cut it off every night. <laughs> Swipe it off. That's it. That has to be one of the coolest beauty <laughs> beauty go-to. At least like the cheapest. Cool too, right? <laughs> it feels nice. And it really like the days I don't use it, I realize how much it helps me. Oh, okay. So I have to try it. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to get some tonight. <laughs> so another question for you. Who is your current girl crush? So I really connect with the journey of women and how they manage when things go wrong, to say it in a way, or when they face obstacles in their lives. And I've truly loved how Jenna Lyons has been dealing with this. So she used to be, uh, she's a former CEO of J. Crew, and uh, she had been working at J. Crew for like 26 years. She's brilliant. So she's brilliant because she was able to bring this brand to, to, to a, an absolute different space. And then it, it, it has been so complicated in the retail world regardless of which brand it is. And um, as she left the company, I think that she has done it with her, with her face up high and, mm-hmm. um, and with really nice lessons for the people around her. Like, and I can't even imagine, like I remember when I left my past job, I had been there for two years and I was dying, <laughs> 26 yeah. years. And even the way that she has managed her personal life, I truly admire that. So that would be my, my current hero. That's so cool. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. It's I totally agree. I think she's a powerhouse for women. And I love how before, you know, when we were walking up here, you were telling me about yourself and how you're a feminist and you love just powerful, strong women. And she's, she's a perfect definition of that, I think. Exactly. Especially because she has been able to use her insecurities and her past uh, as, as a, just fuel for her future. And I really admire when people are able to do so. That's Mm -hmm. so cool. And last question, do you have a guilty pleasure right now? I have so many guilty pleasures. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny, I realize that when you have children, your guiltiest pleasure becomes time for yourself. That's what I need the most. Are you serious? I literally just said this like two episodes ago. Yeah, our first episode, I'm we like were shocked. We're in the same wavelength. <laughs> we are. We're so in the same wavelength so today. So with, when you get that precious self-time, what do you like to do? I do yoga. I meditate. I read. For me, reading is the commodity. Yeah. It's it's so hard to find time to read because at night I, I, I'm exhausted. Oh, you're so tired. Yes, but it's mostly that. And then I love uh, skating. So I go skating around my neighborhood Fun. and just with my podcasts. Krista Tippett on being. Oh, have you heard that podcast? No. You're going to love it. But someone else recommended it to me too. Oh, God. Oh, I love that. So, so you good. do, you're like skating around the neighborhood, listening to your podcast. Basically. That's amazing. While my husband <laughs> takes the children to birthday parties. <laughs> Mom's gone skating. Yeah. Sorry. That's Come amazing. Back in two hours. Exactly. <laughs> How 
how many kids do you have? I have two kids, two, two boys. Two boys. Oh, yes. I love that. I just had a little girl um, two months ago. Two months ago? Yeah, she's in the other room, actually. <laughs> Whoa. We brought her out here. I know. That's amazing. It's wild. How, how have you found that transition? It's, I always describe it as it's the hardest but the best life change you'll ever have. So it's, yeah, like time, like you said, mm -hmm. is the my guilty pleasure too because it's like anytime I have a second to myself to think or do something outside of the baby or even, you know, work and everything, it's like, whoa, I'm, I really need to cherish this time and, and how I spend it. But... Yeah, it's it's been incredible. I love her. She's yes. really amazing. But it's true that it's such a big transition for me. What I found when I had my first child is uh, whoever you were dies. <laughs> and this other woman takes over. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy because it's it's hard to, to face it. With my first child, I had postpartum depression and it was really bad. It's something that I wrote often about, especially when I was working at Glamour. And, I love um, that. I'm so glad you did. It's really, yeah, because at that point, I mean, and I was living in Stockholm. I was with a two-month-old baby that had been born in Toronto. And, you know, like, it was so many transitions yeah. in a very dark no. city, by the way. Ugh. And uh, it, it was really hard because I, I didn't have anyone that could relate to that. And as much as I would tell people, like, help, no one gets it. Especially my friends didn't have children. Yeah. So they were like, no, it's fine. Just find the babysitter. And I'm like, hey. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, perfect. Everything you solved. changed my life. <laughs> so you were living in Stockholm. This is so interesting. So walk us through like how you got started cuz you, you know, you're a beauty editor. Is that the correct term? Beauty That's, editor. Well, I wrote about everything. It okay. was uh, a correspondent for Glamorous. Yeah. Okay. So an editor for Glamour, mm -hmm. um one of the most popular beauty magazines today. And then um, you told me that you lived in New York, you live here in Miami, so it sounds like you've, you've lived a lot of different places. Like, what is your, your story? Yes, it has been quite a journey. <laughs> <laughs> so I was born in Mexico, I grew up there. Um, I was always intrigued by marketing. And, um, but I actually wanted to be a theater actress. That Ooh. was my idea. Of... I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with the... You cannot see the hand expressions, but there's... It's not too late. <laughs> it's, it's, it's never too Get late. this woman on <laughs> My husband is just going to run away. Um, but obviously, um, my, my father was very reluctant to that because he had worked at the big TV network in Mexico. And especially, you know, that's a problem with women. And it's so frustrating that we're always so materialized we look mm -hmm. as you know uh, the other day I was walking on the streets I would try to help this uh, guy that dropped a trash can and I'm like can I help you and he's like oh my god yes you can help me give me a kiss you're uh, like uh, really both of us just uh, really know, like know. why do these things happen and it's not the first time and it's not no. so anyway but yeah. my dad was like do not but I really wanted it and eventually I um, I got this great opportunity to be a part of uh, the Disney TV show back in Mexico. So I was a TV host okay. for three years. I was 15, and it was a lot of <laughs> so fun. Cool. So I, 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 I made Child money. Disney star. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was the, the local Britney Spears. <laughs> That's so cool. That's amazing. And it was like, I mean, it was the experience of my life. We need to find that footage. I know, there must be some. I need to re-google myself, thank God. It was pre-Facebook and all those things. I don't think I could live with that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great experience because I could see, I mean, it was really fun to, to do the show, but at the same time, understanding 
Disney and their branding. You mm -hmm. know how the castle is not finished because if they ever finished it, the magic will be over. So there's this little thing that is not painted. And there's a ton of magic. And it's, it's something that I relate to a lot, especially coming from Latin America, where we learn to understand the world in such a different and surrealistic way. Mm. So um, I studied marketing and um, fell in love with it. But in the end, you know, I started working at advertising agencies. I worked at DDB for a while. Um, then I went to New York. I was doing this uh, diploma on marketing and events because I was working in the sports industry and cultural entertain and ent entertainment events. But um, suddenly I met this guy. There's always a guy. Always. And uh, <laughs> fell in love with him. Moved to New York with him to, to make the story short. And uh, obviously everything that I had built until then got put into standby. And it was very frustrating because I... I always wanted to do something. I, I knew that I, I know that I have a message to give and I know that I need to, 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 to materialize it in some way. So anyway, I moved in with him. I lived in New York for about a year with him, but it was, it was great because I could spend a lot of time discovering New York and it, I'm a lot into art, so I studied art, and, but I wasn't working. I, I couldn't work at that point in the US. So anyway. We decided to move to Canada, so we moved to Toronto. And in Toronto, same thing. I, I, worked, with, uh, I worked for McLaren McCann, then I worked for DDB, always building brands for other people. I mm -hmm. was in charge of the, the, the boy. I was the voice of Volkswagen Canada, which was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Because what is fun, like on social media, and uh -huh. Instagram had just launched at that point. And so, uh, but then I, was, I got pregnant, and my husband got this great opportunity in Stockholm. So we moved to Stockholm. So, you know, wow. I had to reinvent myself. And obviously, yeah. I had a certain position when I left Mexico. Mm -hmm. <laughs> destroyed. Yeah. I moved to Canada. I need to start from zero. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I was a social media cultivator until I became a social media strategist. Until, But it's all the steps that you need to, to take all over again, which mm -hmm. is really frustrating. And then I was in Sweden, of all places, <laughs> where, of course, everyone speaks English. Yeah. But... If, if you want to work at a company, you need to speak Swedish. And oh. trust me, it's not an easy language. I tried. I'm good with languages. I speak French, English, Spanish. It, was, it just didn't work. So anyway, wow. I had a two-month-old baby also. So working, I mean, you know, the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't imagine moving to Sweden right now with my two-month-old. I mean, that's, that's really crazy. And especially imagine having had your baby in another country where the, your mother is not there, your father is not oh, there. Like, yeah. You're just there with this baby. And you're first. Like and you're you, first. You have no idea what's even going on. That's no a, idea. Yeah, I can really relate to that in a strong way. Like, I don't know how anybody can do that without the support of, like, I have so much help and support. And, and so hearing that, I'm like, wow. <laughs> It was bad. That's a lot. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, which I think it's also important in life. Sometimes it's better not to know. And anyway, you don't know. It's like, you know, you can try to prevent someone before they have a child what it entitles. They will never get it. Uh, you have to be there. Yeah. How many people try to tell you how m much work it would be? And you're like, of course. Yeah. You can do this. I yeah, have a puppy. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, everybody has kids. It can't be that hard. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the hardest. Surprise! <laughs> it's the hardest Didi knows. She's seen Scotty at some of her lowest points. <laughs> You're like, yep. 
she knows. Um, um, so how long were you in Stockholm for? I was there for three years. Three then years. I, was, I started working for this um, local newspaper that, I mean, it was all in English. And it was great because I was in charge of their marketing. We opened, it's, so it's local news mm-hmm. for, um, for all in English. Because the problem is you can absolutely read the New York Times. Right. But if you live in Stockholm, you want to understand the local news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as an expat, you, you don't understand it. You cannot just Google translate what you read because you don't understand the country. Right. So, and then they expanded. So I was in charge of opening their office in France, in uh, Spain, and in Vienna. And right now they have like a million different uh, offices. And it's, it's a really cool website. Yeah. And it's a really good project of, of helping all these expats go through those transitions. That's super cool. Yeah. And then I got pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> and then my husband is like, oh, um, I'm changing companies. And there are two options. One is in New York, one is in Miami. I don't know which one I'll take, but let's move to Cancun for a while with your father. And I was like, <laughs> okay, genius. So there was I with my two children, my luggage, and uh, definitely needing therapy. Like, <laughs> it was like, well then, where do I even begin? I need to start my life all over again, really? Yeah. And in Cancun, of all places, it can be great for spring break, but oh my God, it's such an ugly city. So, um, It so, is close to Tulum. Yeah, uh, but when you have two children. Yeah, you're not going to Tulum. Definitely not going to Tulum. <laughs> so it, it was, I mean, it was interesting because then, you know how life just sort of happens and it, it if you, let yourself go, like you bungee jump and just let it lead you. It sort of takes you where you have to go. You just have to let go and that's a process. But um, then this guy reached out to me and asked me to put together the top 25 women in Mexico to take oh. them to this event in Deauville, France. The event was called the Women's Forum for Economy and Society. It's still called that way. That event, going to that conference, now that you mentioned the conference that you will soon be a part of here mm-hmm. in, in, in Florida, uh, it changed my life because I had never been to one of those. For me, this feminist movement was still like a new thing. I could hear about it and all, but I was in the midst of, you know, children throwing up at me and not <laughs> sleeping and like my mind was definitely not there. But through this guy, I got the opportunity to reevaluate that part of myself, which I had always wanted to, to grow. And um, so I put together this group, really not, not believing in the project at the beginning, but I didn't have much to do either. And um, it, it was great because then it was like the perfect excuse, like, I had to work. <laughs> Sorry, guys. See you later. Take you have to go to school. <laughs> so, um, and the stories of these women, they truly changed my life. So one of them, her name is Norma Bastidas, right now CNN, and everyone has done a documentary on her life. She was treated like, um, how do you say this in English? When, well, yeah, a sexual slave. Basically, she oh. was taken as a sexual slave in Japan oh. and in uh, Mexico. She had to buy her, her liberty, her freedom, through, I don't know, she had to be there like for a year or two. Like, horrible story. And she's this beautiful, gorgeous woman with the best energy in the world. And wow. she found that the only thing that made her feel good was to tie her, her tennis shoes and go run. She didn't know how to swim. She learned how to swim. Now she has broken every record gain when it comes to the triathlon. She went all the way from Washington to Cancun, triathlon style. <laughs> like, I don't wow. know the mix of uh, sports she did to get there, but 
and and she she has this amazing journey you know there was the the ceo of google mexico as well at that point she just she had just opened her own company and then this company got bought by a huge huge agency her career spiked up she had four children and she made it work you know so just to listen to those stories mm-hmm. changed my life wow. and um, so the head of our mexican delegation was alma hayek and um it was it was really interesting to see how we were all related and we all carried ourselves as Mexican women doing things all over the world. At that point, I wasn't doing much, but I, I, I made myself part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I braided cool. them. So I braided all these women on the last day because I would always braid my hair. Mm-hmm. And we women have such different ways of connecting. We don't network the same way. We net love, you know, there's this thing about we really, we, we build connections that are deeper and in very different ways. and men do like they just go play golf they don't speak to each other and suddenly they just yeah men yeah let's make this happen (laughs) and of course we men we don't have a space in there but men don't have a space either in our places of net loving like when we do our nails net loving or that's so sweet networking is awful yes net loving we're having a networking event no I hate that term yes I, I'm going to start calling my networking net loving. Exactly. Do it. That's so sweet. We'll make it. We'll turn it into a trend. <sighs> so, um, yes. And, and from there, I, I, I just realized that braiding had so much power. So I was doing another braid without the scarf at that point. Mm-hmm. And the guy that I put this, uh, this delegation together for gave me as a gift, like one of the big Hermes Carré uh, scarves. And I decided to just make it part of the braid that I already used. Because in the end, you, when you go to these conferences, you leave the place feeling like you can conquer the world. Yes. And then two days go by, and you go back to your old routine, and you go back to your own language, and you know, it's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, want that, I didn't want that to happen to me. So this became a reminder, and it turned into a daily intention. So every day I have this, I write an intention down to help another woman out, and it's written back here. I put it inside my scarf. In your scarf? Oh, And wow. then I do the final knot. And the final knot is a moment when I think of that, I think of that intention. And it's, you know, we, mirror conversations are everything. And I've been doing a lot uh, on that on my social media, like small videos that talk about this, because that's when we speak to, to ourselves. Yeah. And you know this more than anyone because of, of, of the industry you're in. Right. And uh, what a difference eyelashes make yeah. in a woman's life. Yeah. I can tell you, I cannot even like put the trash can outside unless my eyelashes are curled right? and pretty. Yeah. My it grandma was... traumatizes me. Yeah. Traumatizes me forever. It's your eyes. Yeah. It's the one thing that changes everything. Little mascara or eyelash extensions. but. And yeah. we are able to do this. Like for men, it's still so, so poorly regarded when they do, which is sad. Yeah. Because, I mean, they should have the same opportunities we have if yeah. they want to do it. I agree. Yeah, so I sorry, I remember reading on your website about this art installation that you did where you braided their hair and talked about mirror conversations. Yes, exactly. And it was so much fun. That happened during Art Basel last year. So I was invited to be part of this um, this special place called Rob Up Up. Um, they actually do events all year round, but this one, they were taking over the old Macy's building. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where commerce began in Miami where it started becoming like a big deal but right now it's an abandoned building somewhere in Midtown you know in, in a very ishy <laughs> area of the city but um, so this was just taken over by artists from all over the world we were just and there yesterday really it's so cool yes 
It's incredible. It is. It's and it's a different way of looking at life and looking at art, especially when I mean I've been to the last four editions of Art Basel, and of course it's wonderful. And I, I am really an art lover, but there comes a point where where it's it's such a you know you you feel like an outsider because you're you're not interacting with art, and everyone is just making sure that no one touches the art, and art is so sacred. And here it's all about performance art and um, the experience of materials and all of this. So it's more through the senses. Mm-hmm. And so total strangers would come to me and I would braid their hairs with my canvas because I launched my product and it's called Canvas as, as uh, just in relation to how I think that we all have a possibility to paint our own realities. And my paint has been my hair. So it's all about that concept. And when you touch the hair of people that you don't know, there's this immediate connection mm-hmm. because there's there like a, it's really you know, intimate it's extremely intimate people are very vulnerable i mean my hairdresser knows my life <laughs> i don't know yeah. about yours <laughs> your hairdresser and your lash artist know everything about you <laughs> true same thing yeah. it's all that relationship with your body like whoever i mean if, if, if you guys yeah. go wax yourselves same thing I, i'm still a waxer i haven't gotten into laser have you no laser i'm, I'm terrified all the way I don't know if that's... Did you try laser once? I did, and I, I tapped out. Why? <laughs> it's too painful. I, maybe now that I've had a baby, it won't be too painful. Now I'm like, I can do anything. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I might get it's a tattoo now because I can handle the pain. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean... Let's go get a tattoo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm definitely... Um, all for waxing. I'm sure someone will be like, get laser because it's the best, but... I don't know. Um, I haven't even tried. Yeah, so I'm curious kind of what the conversation looks like, no. like the kind of mirror talk. Like what kind of mirror talk do you recommend? So what I loved was that there was this huge mirror right in front of the space they gave me. And it was kind of on, on purpose because they knew what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But it all started with uh, a very, well, a very interesting question because I thought that I would get kind of the same answer from everyone, but I didn't. So I mm-hmm. love that. The first question was, who used to do your hair or, or to brush your hair when you were little? And that sparked so many feelings. So one oh, girl was yeah. like, my mother, my mother mm-hmm. never. I know, I'm like getting a little <laughs> emotional. <laughs> so who brushed your hair when you were little? Um, for me, I remember my mom, but also my dad braiding. And I even remember my aunt washing my hair. She was like, it felt really good. She kind of like <laughs> massaged me. You had magic head. hands. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's such a tangible memory that just brings me back. What about you, Kim? Yeah, mine was my mom. Always your mom? Yeah. And no I had moments. long, tingly hair. And I used to remember I, like, I would get really upset when she would brush it and and then finally like you know once the tangles came out then it was like a bonding experience because then bonding all of a sudden trauma yes <laughs> <laughs> but then it like all of a sudden feels really good when all yeah. the tangles are out but yeah um and what about you i never thought about that for me that's the thing and that's why i asked that because mostly it was i used to have this indigenous nanny when i was in mexico because i didn't grow up with my mom my parents got divorced when I was seven, mm-hmm. and uh, I stayed with my dad, and my dad was working all the time. So I, it was the nanny that sort of took care of us most of the time. And she was the one that would do my hair, and she's the one that introduced me to braids in a way. Because it's, uh, you know, whenever I had an important day, she would braid my hair. And I knew that my dad wouldn't be there because he was busy, and my mom wouldn't be there because she was MIA. But 
my 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 braid made me feel like I could take it. You know, it was yeah. like I, I can do this. It's it's fine. <laughs> it, it became a visual element of power. My mom used to braid my hair too. When and I remember she'd do it for like picture day. And there was this girl in my neighborhood that I like idolized. Her name was Brittany, and she had braids. Brittany, so of all names. I would say mom didn't want the Brittany braids. That's what we that's what we called them. My dad wasn't as good as braiding as my mom, but they both braided. It's my just hair. the fact that your dad tried yeah, is amazing. The braids kind of have that same thing for me, like. When I was little, they were my ultimate hairdo. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. And we all have, I think, a, a story related to braids, or, to, or we've all been intrigued by them. Mm-hmm. And they have such a huge historical context as well, when you mm-hmm. look back. Like, especially, obviously, they begin with African-Americans, um, who have always braided their hair. But there was this point where they would do maps in the, in the heads of their children so that they could find the roots of escape. And there's Whoa. so much to be said about braiding. Wow, that is so powerful. I had no idea. I keep exploring that because really, like, when you think of um, someone like Steven Spielberg and the whole, uh, the, not, duh, not uh, Steven Spielberg, this guy, Lucas Films. Oh, um, George Lucas? Thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes George Lucas. <laughs> when he thinks of Princess Leia, mm-hmm. she is the one powerful woman that she's going to portray in, in his series. And then, what is she wearing? Braids. It's full on braids. Yes. You know? Uh, Evita, this uh, Eva Perón, this super important character in the history of Argentina. She was this woman leader um, that really changed the course of the country in many ways. Same thing. She would always braid her hair. Frida Kahlo, obviously. Well, the braid, which looks very similar to the one I'm wearing. Braids have power. And I'm a totally different person when I'm not braided. Like, it's, it has become an alter ego. And it's fun when you're able to press the right buttons whenever you need mm-hmm. certain kinds of emotions. So that brings yeah. me back to Amira Conversations, because in the end... So this, this, the people that I braided... So here, some people would say, uh, my mother hated me, so she would never touch my hair. Or it was my neighbor, because I wanted to have all these pretty hairdos that my mom didn't know how to do. Or it was my brother. Or uh, a lot fathers, which I love. Go, man. <laughs> yes. You know, it's... So... And once you take people to that emotional moment of their lives, you can really continue the conversation. There were people that would tell me, I never, I don't even go to a hairdresser because I don't like anyone to touch my hair. And uh, I was, I was molested when I was young or, you know, like so much. And I wasn't recording these stories, which is a good thing because now that I'm trying to do the recorded versions with, um, with stylists and with other influencers and people I know, it's not the same because they have a camera there, so they just they don't. They it's keep not, it very it's like professional. Not vulnerable, yeah. Yes. So I I truly love that this is something that can only be an artsy experience, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, and then for them to be able to see themselves as someone else, that's what allows you to be someone else. Because when you always see yourself with the same look, you 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 you're used to that image of yourself, and that becomes a trigger. Yeah. Like because I you ca- I cannot enter a room wearing this with my head down or, or you know like <laughs> yes. I cannot enter like this. You Absolutely. either own it, girl, or you stay yes. home. <laughs> I, it's I can totally relate to this in my own way. I feel like every time I have a different hairstyle, it's a different alter ego for me. Like you were saying, so mm-hmm. lately my look has been since um, having Scotty and becoming a mom. It's been the power pony. Like, mm-hmm. I'll do a really um, slicked back high pony. And I used to never do that before because I always felt like my security was having little pieces of hair around my face or having, like, my hair down and straight and, and everything else. But I started um, rocking a slicked back pony, which is interesting because right after you have a baby, you feel like, you know, you're a little bit 
heavier than you normally are. You can't get your Botox or whatever it is and stuff. And for some reason, um, that's been kind of my go-to look. And yeah, it's like totally changed me. Like when I have my power pony in, like I'm there to get some shit done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can say that, but explicit. I'm done. <laughs> I'm there to get some stuff done. This podcast is now explicit. <laughs> uh, I do have a question. You said that um, when you do your braid, you put an intention. Mm-hmm. Can you share what your intention was today? So today I have this friend that has a really cool project called the Upcycle Project that it's all about upcycling clothes. So I know that if I introduce her to someone uh, that I know that is in the same area, I'm they're going to be able to pull it to, you know, they're going to be able um, to make magic. Yes. So it's a lot about that. So it's today it's about her and it's... So I keep that intention, and at the end of the day, when I'm in front of the mirror, where you cannot lie to yourself, you, I, I, I take this off, and then the intention falls on the floor. And then it's that moment when I remember, you know, I'm like, did I or did I not go through with this? Because of course, your day happens, and then you, you forget, you na na na. But I know that this one introduction is really going to help her. Or when I was at Glamour, it was great because it was all about these designers that are emerging designers, they haven't had uh, the right press yet for, for their talents, and then if you give them that opportunity, you're bringing magic yeah. to, to their lives. All yeah. about being in the right place, being connected with the right people. Exactly, and we have that power, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's complicated because you realize, one, that there are so many people doing business out of this, and uh, which is more of a male take on it. That I, I've heard every kind of story when it comes to introductions. <laughs> uh, like literally a friend of mine was like, so this guy introduced me to this woman and the next day I receive an invoice, $5,000. <laughs> like, I'm sure you're gonna make business with her, so. Oh, wow. And this guy is like a very well-known celebrity. So she was like, what do you mean? Could we have had this conversation before? That doesn't so. sound like love. Net- what is it? Work? Net- net- definitely love. not net loving. No, <laughs> that's a real networking, explicitly networking. So, you know, I think that when, if if I didn't have this ritual of building intentions, it's something that I would think, oh, I can introduce them, and probably if I had the opportunity in a room, I would. But when you turn it into an intention. Then, then you're committed to it. Yeah, and you're like, it's and you're the putting your the mind, right energy. So when the opportunity arises, you're more likely to recognize it. Yes, and now it's an email that it's going to be about. You know, today I need to send that email where I'm making sure that both of them understand the potential of why they need to dedicate time to each other and go for a coffee. <laughs> like, it's it's as basic as that. And um, it's funny because just by doing that, even when I was at Glamour, like my editor was coming at some point. And I found that I would try to sell all these local brands and she wouldn't really pay attention to me because she was in Mexico and she was like, yeah, cool, whatever. But I was like, if you could only meet them. So then she was coming and I said, I can put together this event in four days. I'm going to introduce you to all the designers. They're going to bring like their best stuff. You're going to love it. I said, okay, sure. And I discovered that designers didn't know each other. So at that event, most of the uh, Latin American and American and Russian and whatever designers here in Miami got to talk to each other, to see each other's faces. Wow. And magic like happened. first time. Yes. Because they, really no cool. one was doing that at that point. And, you know, mm-hmm. fashion is, is just at an emerging stage here in Miami. And uh, it, it was awesome. 
like mm-hmm. just to see and now many of them are collaborating others are friends others and half of them I'm sure don't even remember that they met because of that event yeah but that's so cool that you for me what's so good is that together. yeah I braid people because the braiding oh, goes beyond yeah. it's also you know for me and that's the major purpose that we're talking about because it's Yes, you right now lead this lash company that has changed so much in the industry, but there is a greater purpose to the things that you're doing that you know what it is. Yeah. You know, I, I've come to that point also of understanding that. For me, the major purpose is we are in a time of political turmoil, we're as separated as we can be. Mm-hmm. If we could all understand ourselves from such a simple thing as braiding hair. Because, and I would love to go throughout the Americas and just braid every kind of hair because you're braiding stories and you're understanding that we are souls going through the human experience and we're to all the same. Like, yeah. yes, regardless of whatever's happening at the border, regardless of whatever president, we're, we're just souls and humans and yeah. who cares about the rest? We have so much more in common than we're different. Exactly. Mm. And, and it's, it's something really simple braids we can all braid yeah what That's... about when you don't have when your hair is too short for a braid <laughs> you can still use turban there you go and then it, it just yeah. has to be like in your um shoulders it's fine as long as it's shoulder length uh-huh. it works cool. and then i have turban version i have uh yeah i have like one that is like the crown version so with the hair down and then it's just like a crown on top and with the same scarf so i'm being very dynamic with one piece of fabric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Can you tell us a little bit more about your project that you're working on right now with the scarves? So right now I'm doing a collaboration with this really cool brand called Onda de Mash. I don't know if you've heard about it. They do swimsuits. They're all over the U.S. They have like 15 stores in the U.S. and like 15 Latin America. And um, it's all about using all their leftover fabric. Mm-hmm. It's called death stock but we're in the process of finding a new name so renaissance fabric suggested by yeah exactly copyright no, it's a rebirth yes you said in your recommendation exactly death stock but make it death chic stock is awful <laughs> chic death stock um, but uh, so, so it's just using all that fabric to build my scarves because in the end it's 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 a big scarf it's a lot of fabric mm-hmm. and i want to make sure that it's you know these people they would usually just get rid of it or try to resell it to someone or just let it you know rot <laughs> eventually yeah. Yeah. so now we're just using all these materials and it's fun and um and it's it's a great way of of, of uniting in one same message yes. so very appropriate I'm excited to about talk that. about on Earth Day as well. Yes. <laughs> this won't air on Earth Day, but... I love that. I wanted to hear sort of your perspective on braids and how it relates to women's relationship with beauty, more specifically, and sort of those intentions to build your self-esteem, maybe? Do you feel like... Definitely. For <laughs> me, this is, like, this is the whole trigger for my for my self-esteem and for... Like just as an element of power, because again, when you when you're braiding yourself, I mean, right now I'm a ninja when it comes to braiding, <laughs> but at the beginning I always needed the mirror, and it's different. If you're you know you're you're if you're drying your hair, you're you're not paying attention. You're just making sure I'm trying to manipulate two edges <laughs> at the same time or whatnot. Right. But when you're even when you're doing your ponytail, you you are looking at yourself and straight in your eyes, which are as we were just saying so powerful so here you need to take a conscious decision to take that moment to be 
in the moment and to focus on what your day is going to be about. And when it's braiding, obviously it takes a bit longer. Like for me, it takes me five minutes. Yes, but I mean, I, I do this almost every day. Yeah. And then to make sure that the messages that you're sending to yourself are the right ones. You can always be like, oh my God, I hate that wrinkle. Or I look horrible today. Or, But that's your choice. Mm-hmm. Like that's your perception. And that's where you stand. If instead you're like... Today, I'm going to make a difference in someone else's life. Today, I'm going to make sure that I go to bed being a better person than I was yesterday. Or, you know, like, whatever it is that you want to say that has a, a, a deeper, a, a deeper, I mean, just purpose. So, I think that that's something that can be very empowering. Because even if you don't believe it, I remember, you know, when I was living, I was living in Madrid. I was just studying there. That was before everything else happened. But, uh, <laughs> one, more the, on the map, one more place on the map. <laughs> <laughs> I was one year in Madrid. And I remember, oh God, that was the best time of my life. I was dating so many amazing men and having such a good time. That was my year. So happy I did that before getting married. Like, <laughs> ladies go to Madrid. Exactly. Oh God, really? <laughs> Caballeros. It was awesome. So, oh, there was this one guy. Anyway. <laughs> the thing is, I would go to the gym every day. And, you know, it was the first time that I tried myself living on my own. Mm-hmm. And for Latin Americans, it's different. We don't just leave home after 18. We, we like, stick with our parents until it's comfy to move out, which is wrong. I, I like your system, guys. Stick to it. <laughs> because, yeah, it's definitely better. But um, I would go to the gym and I was running at that point, And there was this huge mirror. And I remember that I would say all the things that I wanted to do at that point, you know, like, I'm the best marketer in the world. <laughs> I am beautiful. I am the coolest. I am, you know, and I had like my Running list. will do that to you. Yes. And it like, fuels you. Yourself, it fuels you. Know, yes. But... but then you use it as a, as a mantra. A because if, if you start, you know, like if instead, I don't think that your mind really understands or, or, or sort of, um, you know, like filters these comments. And so when you speak poorly to yourself, like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. You're, you're killing it. <laughs> you're, you're really turning that. You're, you're, that message goes further. Yeah. So I was sending myself the right messages. And I do think that eventually they brought me to amazing places and to, you know, like great, great people like you that, that helped me spread my message or other interviews that I've had that are amazing and unexpected. And because you start telling your mind where you want to go. Mm-hmm. So... Instead of hating yourself when you look at yourself in the mirror, which I know most people do, you just have to make sure that you craft the message that you're going to tell yourself. Because eventually, whatever you think, you become. Yes, I totally believe in that. It's so like we are creating the world that we see outside. No one else is. We're so responsible. So take responsibility and make it happen. Because otherwise, that is not my stomach. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you were talking about, the Latin America culture of surreal, like living in surreal beauty? Oh God, not only surreal beauty, it's surrealism everywhere. When it comes to beauty, you just have to spend some time on a market to know what I'm talking about because (laughs) the remedies that they sell, like really, I'm sure there's a series or, I mean, it's been, it should be somewhere on the internet, but it's... (sighs) You know, like from going to these things where, where bees will sting you. And so that way it will, you know, like... like Sounds we, awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's, That's a beauty regimen? Just, 
yeah, there's people that do it, and, and there's people, you know, well, and this is not only Latin America, like, the people that change their blood and then get transfusion mm-hmm. from children, and, you know, like, all these weird things, but I find that Latin America, it's, it's such, it's a place where nothing really works, <laughs> and that's a good thing, because I, I, I am able, I'm very creative, I can do whatever you ask me to do with one item or because I, I develop that sense of creativity right. because you don't okay. even have lights that tell you when you can cross the street. You need to figure out if the other one is You're red and then one for your life, you know? <laughs> so you learn to be quite resourceful. And, um, and, and that surrealism is in everything. So mm-hmm. beauty routines are, are one of the, of the top ones because you always go with the... Um, Consejos de la abuelita, like the things that your grandmother would say. Oh. And we use a lot of natural remedies, like teas and plants and... Aloe vera. And, <laughs> aloe vera. And we do like, you know, like the cleaning of our energies with the Palo Santo. And so it's, it's such a mixture between Catholicism, uh, when the Spaniards uh, came and conquered our country, and the indigenous people that have all these rituals and these different ways of looking at plants and uh, nature that that's where this clash happens. So we have days like Day of the Dead, which in the real, real, like if you think of the roots of this tradition, it's all about realizing that you're going to die one day and honoring death and finding it as part of life, and which is amazing. I mm-hmm. love that tradition more than Christmas. Like it's It's beyond. like a rebirth almost. Yes. That's and so it's cool. that understanding, you know, especially when you have children. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't speak about my grandparents or like I, I, I saw one of them die and all these things that, that have been really tough. But because there is that open space during Day of the Death, yeah. we just bring them to life Can without you? sorrow. And I want my children to understand that if I die, it's just a part of life because it's going to happen mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. So, so why not be friends with death That's instead so cool. of being I've scared never of it? thought about that relationship and dynamic for that holiday and it's weird because in the end we're very catholic and and you know catholicism is uh, you you don't see sugar skulls and catholicism (laughs) mixing too well together but they do and that's that's also what happened with um you know when when we were asked to start well i mean i have on on my grandpa's side i have mayan blood so i am you know in a way and that's the weird thing about us all that we are, you know, it's such a, a mixture of cultures. Mm-hmm. So, and I truly honor that side of me. I, I remember when I was in Mexico, it was always seen as, you know, the indigenous side, like the, uh, for me, it's what I value the most because I think that that's what's the most connected to the source of everything. And mm-hmm. um, I, that's what I love about Tulum or places like that where that's honored a lot more. Yeah, so. that's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Love that. I did a little bit of research on your page, and it looks like you're doing, um, is it some activist work with Venezuela right now? Yes. Yeah. What, what exactly are you doing? So here's the thing. When I, when I left Glamour, uh, at that point, I had been posting often on Instagram. Uh, I had been doing you know, a lot with fashion and all of this. And of course, when you, when, when you work at a big magazine, everyone wants to follow you and be your friend. <laughs> so, They're like, hey, uh, can I get a page? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when that happened, um, I started posting more and more on Instagram. And I have this love-hate relationship with it because, you know, I, 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 I understand. I love my community and I'm right. very happy with the people that I've met because of that. Right. But at the same time, just like this never-ending, ah, ah, look how 
how cool my life is. It's not my thing. It's not my way. It's not like I enjoy fashion as a reflection of who you are. Mm -hmm. That's what I think is really fun. But for the rest, not really. And I get tired of half of my feet when they're just like, ooh, ooh. So I, I, in order to sort of balance this out, I decided to create a, uh, with this great girl. Her name is Martha Graff. She's from Brazil. And she's a, a big influencer. She has around 400,000 followers. Um, we decided to create a network of influencers here in Miami. And right now we're expanding to other places. But it's all about using our social media for good. So um, we last year we, we put together this great event at the Design District. We got every kind of sponsor and we created really good relationships with brands such as Alessandro Olivia, Isabel Maron. And it was all about them giving us the clothes, like 30 pieces of clothing mm -hmm. that we would sell at the price that we chose. And all that money would go to build a school in India because Martha had just been in India and that sort of changed her life in many ways and she wow. wanted to give back. So we got in total $131,000 wow. that will soon become a building for these children of uh, Shanti Bhavan. Have you heard about that? It's, uh, there's a Netflix yeah. documentary, Children of Destiny. Yeah, so there are children really from the cool. lowest caste. If you are the son of a trash picker, you will be a trash picker. If you are the daughter of a prostitute, you will be a prostitute. Like, there's no option B. You're thought to have bad karma, game over. Yeah, <laughs> that's your life. That's your life. And so this, this system, Shanti Bhavan takes children when they are uh, the age of three and they keep them all the way until they find their first job. That's and so cool. They only spend time with their parents for like two months a year, which is important because they need to, they need to rewire their minds. Right. They need to be at school. If they stay in their, in their, in their communities, they won't. And right. they will probably have their organs stolen or they Ugh. would be prostituted or, you know. So it's... it's <laughs> Is there a specific demo, like area that this is happening in, or is this throughout India, everywhere in India? There's oh. like all these small areas. Yeah. Like in Brazil, you will find the favelas. Yep. In uh, in India, you find all these villages where people are just to this. I mean, they have less than one dollar to live a day. It's ridiculous and atrocious and we love having been able to do a difference with something that was just a matter of pulling all the different strings that we already had mm -hmm. yeah so you know right now when i work with brands i make sure like for, for instagram or whatever i make sure that eventually i'm gonna be like well then we have this project <laughs> and for them it doesn't cost much to give us 30 no. pieces of clothing yeah. no it's, it's a great opportunity for it them it doesn't have to be like the season it you know it can be whatever season we just need to make sure that it's something we would wear mm -hmm. and then we do this bazaar and everyone in Miami went crazy and it was awesome because we had really such a good mix between the top Latin American women, the top American women, which sometimes can be a bit divided here. Um, they were all there and the younger generation, the older, we charged, I think it was $27 with fees included. It was $25 plus $2 fees from Everbright for people to get there. And um, yeah, and the prices were amazing. Some people donated shoes. There was this woman, she's the wife of a big basketball player. She gave us like 30 pieces of shoes. She got them all like redone. They looked totally new. And it was like Gucci, Hermes, Fendi. Like, wow. And she was just like, here you have, I want to help the cause. That's, so oh, that's so cool. We want to have this ripple effect and make sure that everyone is giving back in some way. And this year it's for Venezuela because initially that was a debate. 
it was hard for me to do it for India because obviously Venezuela is a priority of every Latin American right now. Right. And um, Venezuela is going through a humanitarian crisis like no other. And we want to give hope to the children of Venezuela specifically because what can you expect from life when you're treated that way at the age they are, when, when you lack so much? And so we're having our big event again in November. You can come join us. Yes, <laughs> I want to be there. Right before Basel. It's and yeah. we, we mix it up with conferences as well. So we have speakers. Uh, last year we had uh, this big Brazilian influencer and people from the community that just have really good messages. Yeah. And so people would shop. They would, there was like this corner, there was a sanctuary and it was like the spiritual side of it. Or they would shop uh, like crazy. And yeah, we almost finished everything we had. And we're doing like little events throughout the year and mm -hmm. different things where we host. And instead of getting paid for it, we just donate the money. I think yeah. that's so amazing that you are always thinking about giving back and creating connections. And it's like you said, for like those big companies, it's not a big deal for them to donate things like that. So it really is people like you who are that have to make the efforts to coordinate that because those bigger companies aren't going to do it. Exactly. They're not going to do it. But it's it's just pulling strings. Right. And then it's magic. And it's funny because really, and that's what I started realizing with the braid, the more you give, the more you you get. It's it's crazy. And that's something Kim says a lot too. <laughs> but it's so What true. you give is what you gain. And I always say that. So many people seem to not know it. Or I don't yeah. know what's wrong. Because <laughs> really... Yeah, it's all about putting your energy out there and you get it back. And in the or, right or way. Or whatever your, you know, energy, it, it could be anything. But yeah, it's it really is a remarkable concept and it does work. Exactly. And I think that the more people get attuned into it, like that's that's the only change we can bring upon the world. And the, when you have children, there's a huge responsibility. You're just leaving this guy's the wild and it's it's horrible yeah there's no manual there's no manual and at the same time right now this is really 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 not the world i want my children right. to live it's in like you want something better waiting for them yes and i i i i know while i'm here i, I i'm not gonna change the world alone but i can do one thing you know mm -hmm. like one less plastic bag yeah now like that you we're said, about it should be a ripple effect yeah and it is it truly is. When you go to your mirror tonight and take off your makeup, you're going to remember this conversation. <laughs> I am. I will. I'm going to remember this forever. I'm, I'm thinking like <laughs> For your what intentions tail. I want to write down every day. And I love that concept. And keep them. Re and keep them. Yes. Yeah. I, I have all the intentions from the people I braided oh. at the art uh, <gasps> thing I did at the performance. And it's awesome. I still don't know how I'm going to use them, but I, I'm going to turn that into a piece of, uh, of itself. That is really it's, cool. Well, I've been really inspired just talking with you and hearing about your journey and your energy is absolutely incredible. I mean, the second that I saw you, um, just on your, your Instagram page, you just radiated such a, a light and a, a good energy. You definitely have a lot of great depth to you. And then when I met you for the first time, just like an hour ago here in the lobby, I saw you and I was like, that's her. I know it. <laughs> um, just... You are a beautiful person from the inside out, and it, it truly shows. So I do want to know, what is your, this is kind of a deep question, but what is your true definition of beauty? My definition of beauty is, I can't even say that it's happiness, because I do not believe in happiness, I believe in joy. So it's just finding joy in your experience with life, 
and portraying it on the outside. Because you know, it, it, it takes a it takes a lifetime to find beauty, to find your own beauty. Yeah. We all go through those processes and that's what adolescence is all about. Yeah. And that's you know, but but it, it it can only be through through joy. And you know, I've met I've met women that have all the right wrinkles. And I've met women that have all the pain in the world hidden in their face. So it's it's all about that. There's wow, you will never like... <laughs> you will never find beauty without cry. that that inner sense of joy. And because and it's not even you know like that's one of the things that I also carry as one of the first images that come to me. There's these women when you go in Mexico like these women that will just be begging for money, but they are happy from inside and their face is destroyed by time and but they are happy and you're like you know that those are the right people it's not it's never something that will be on the outside it, it's a reflection of who you are inside so yeah. what's yes. the difference mm-hmm. between happiness and joy happiness the thing is that with happiness we just expect to you know we, we just expect it to be constant and you're always told to be happy and you have to smile in pictures mm-hmm. and but joy is what what you actually get like we I, I am happy right now, okay, I am joyful, I am, because it's like the mental state that you put yourself in mm-hmm. to make the most out of that moment in particular. Okay. Happiness for me tries to, you know, she is a happy person. Mm-hmm. No, you haven't seen me. <laughs> I go down <laughs> deep and often. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, I'm not a happy person, I'm a joyful person. I make the best out of what I have right now. And and that's, I think, the attitude that, that, that has pushed me out of so many complicated situations so oh, that's beautiful yeah See? i got a little teary-eyed <laughs> that was thank really um, amazing thank you so much um, for coming and talking with us and thank sharing you. your journey it it is a beautiful one and i'm truly inspired yeah thank your you. energy here, is so Kim. contagious yes. <laughs> let's change the world live yeah. with intention <laughs> thank you so yes. so much Thank you. And um, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Define Beauty. You can follow us on Instagram at Define Beauty underscore Borboleta, at Kimber Janes, at Didi Monjar. And where can we find you on Instagram? At Journey of a Braid. Journey of a Braid. And if you like what you hear, rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Make it an intention. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Bye.